Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope. I am Chris Hesser here, uh, not just with Troy Peverall today, but we have a couple of other very special guests. We have Kim Peverall and Karen Sasser, and we are going to have basically a a parenting conversation where you're going to hear some of our voices as well as some voices from some other folks who aren't here with us, but you'll get to hear some uh, conversations about parenting. And what we're going to really talk about today is the idea of um, shepherding the soul of your child or, or kind of the heart of your child. And so, Troy, this is something that we talked about a few weeks ago. We wanted to kind of jump in and have a conversation about. So what do you want to say to set it up? Uh, it was good that you chose the word shepherd when I had seen your questions because Kim and I just came off a mountaintop experience. Literally, we were in the mountains for a couple weeks. And the way in which the cabin was positioned, it would look over this huge valley and you could see for miles. And the sun came up and the people who built the home, uh, the sun would come up right in front of you, way out in the distance in the east. And it was just good. So when we got your questions, it was all about shepherding kids. And so we had been reading a book, happened to be, on shepherd, uh, being shepherds. Uh, and one of the things that stuck out to me, <clears throat> I took away from the trip, was just all the roles in which we are shepherds. Um, and it's just like, wow, I'm a shepherd in the sense of being a counselor. I'm a shepherd in the sense of leading uh, a practice. I'm a shepherd in having a role in being a husband. I'm a shepherd leading my my kids as uh, they're adults to the best I can, my grandkids. And I'm, I'm just like, man, at some point, when does the shepherd get fed? So I was thinking, <laughs> not only am I a shepherd, but I'm also a sheep. And so for me, this this topic of, okay, how do we shepherd our kids uh, you know, with 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 good shepherding, I think first starts with that place of just you know how well am I shepherded, or how how well as a sheep do I actually take from what God gives. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind is just the fact that we have this huge, not just a responsibility, but the goodness of God to reciprocate what He's doing in our life to those little ones that that are behind us. Yeah. Kim, Karn, what, what, what comes to mind for, for you guys when you think about the whole idea of shepherding? Well, um, when I saw that question, I, of course, just started to think about what are some of the references in the Bible about shepherds. And, you know, Psalm 23 is obviously a very famous one where Jesus is leading his sheep and caring for his sheep and guiding his sheep into paths um, of righteousness and just, you know, as a shepherd, especially as a parent, that that's what we're supposed to be doing with our kids, caring for them, leading them, guiding them in the way of the Lord so that they will, will know and love Jesus as will their children and grandchildren for generations. Um, and then the other um, thought that came to me was about the parable of the lost sheep and how the shepherd leads the 99 to go find the, the one lost one. 
and just um, what that expresses about just how special that sheep is, how unique, how loved, how full of worth um, that sheep is. And as parents, that's what we should be pouring into our kids. I know over the last couple of years, um, as we've had adolescents in our um, in our house, one word that's really struck me has been affirmation and the importance of affirming our kids, affirming that they are loved, affirming that they're special, affirming that they are unique, that they have gifts, that they have a lot of worth. Because, you know, that adolescence age, especially kids start to question those types of things um, and just so how important that is. And a lot of ways I look back and I wish I'd done more affirming. Also with adolescence, sometimes it's harder to find the things to affirm in your kids, but all the more reason it's so important to make sure that's a part of your parenting them. Mm. Yeah. Kim, what comes to mind for you when it comes to just the idea of shepherding? So good. Um, Well, I was struck this morning with a quote, and I just want to share that because I really connected with it. It says, there's a saying that rings true for all parents. Having a child is like having your heart walking around outside of your body. As any mother or father knows, the process of raising a child is rich with emotions, uncertainties, joys, and sorrows. And I I, I think um, for us, I I was thinking about what, what Karen was saying as she was speaking, and shepherding is across a a lifespan, really. And and again, what Troy was saying, too, and we did learn a lot about not only being shepherds, but also being sheep and um, shepherded from the Good Shepherd. But um, in our own family, we I think about our kids. We have four adult children now and how that went from birth until well, they left the house probably uh, in their early 20s. And um, how how brief that time seems now. Um, And so I really connected with this, that it's a process, it's a lifespan, but now even as adults, it's so great because they they still check in with us, you know? And so those middle school years, those things, those things that you're wondering about now, it's going to come back around again. And and we're promised that in scripture too. Yeah. Yeah, It's almost like the shepherding doesn't ever stop. It just changes Mm -hmm. the way it looks, right? Right. Yeah. So Troy, um, like for you, like thinking about what does it mean to shepherd someone, Mm -hmm. what would you, where would you start with that? After reading this book and we're still not done. Yeah. Talk to uh, us about the book, I guess. Yeah. It's just really, I mean, it's pointed out a lot of ways in which, you know, the shepherd never leaves the flock. You know, the shepherd is faithful. The shepherd is, um, you know, tending to things that are ugly, you know, taking care of the sheep's diseases and how they so easily wander into trouble. Um, It's just like this awareness that this process of shepherding other people, especially your children, like if you don't take it seriously to the point of really doing the best you can and not perfection, um, then the sheep are really more vulnerable. And to me, it's really brought out that that picture of, wow, like not just as a dad still to adult kids, an imperfect dad at that, but, at, you know, just in the sense of, you know, what am I doing to, to shepherd those around me uh, with this shepherding kind of love that Jesus gives us? And to me, that's that's a challenge before me. Um, and so I'm I'm in the midst of learning even more as I'm now not shepherding my own children at home, uh, but just how to, to be a good and a better shepherd. It, the book the book is called um, 
While Keeping Watch Over Their Flocks. Uh, it was written by a, a professor at Gordon-Conwell Seminary. Um, but there were very practical things. He embedded with the Bedouin shepherds for, I think, over a course of a year, he and his family to do his research. And it was just such a blessing to read that. And we're not finished yet. But one of the most recent chapters that we um, just worked through was feeding, uh, not feeding, was feeding the sheep or uh, taking care of the sheep when they, um, to protect them from pestilence. And so the shepherd has to have uh, a bag, like a first aid kit, but it looks very different than our first aid kits do. Um, and so he has oils and he has to also have uh, a knowledge of the, the, the plants um, in the terrain because they offer medicinal things and some of them are poisonous. And, um, and so he has to, if one sheep goes down, it can affect the whole flock. And I was just talk. I was just thinking about the tenderness of he'll he'll take oil and he'll he'll anoint their head, and that's also in Psalm twenty three. Of course, we know that verse um, that that he anoints our head with oil. And I've never thought about it being because that protects us, that protects our minds, that protects us from um, the pests and the things that would want to devour us. And so, um, flipping it back to the the children. When our kids would, um, when we moved here and our kids, they were in Christian school when we lived in Ohio. When we moved here, it was their launch into public school, um, which we had always planned to do. And um, so we made time. I made time specifically in the afternoon um, when the bus would bring them home. And we would lay across the bed and um, they would, we would just debrief because... I wanted them to know that I, they, they had gone out into the world and they were sitting under teaching that um, I wasn't able to be there with them, but I wanted to debrief with them. I wanted to to anoint their head with oil to, to, to protect them from some of the things that they were hearing and bouncing back at me. It's so funny. Now that you're describing that book, I remember, I think I read it about 15 years ago as a part of a class I took. And, and I, I, do, I don't remember any of the specifics behind it. I, I have to go find it, but it was really eye-opening to just sort of see the the care with which the shepherd you know uh, has to has to sort of take on everything and think about things in ways that maybe we we don't really normally think about things. Karen, what about you? What does it mean to shepherd uh, someone, maybe particularly our kids? Um, I I think kind of just as I mentioned before, it is just really trying to to lead them and guide them to know and to love the Lord. Um, like I said, in, in Psalm 23, just kind of guiding them into paths of righteousness and, and helping them, um, to do that and just, um, affirming just who they are in Christ, who they are as a part of our family, um, helping them understand, uh, kind of the difference of living in the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of the world, because the kingdom of the world is going to point them anywhere except towards Christ. And so our job as a shepherd is to really kind of keep them going in the right direction. Yeah. Karen, you already mentioned this, but for either you or Troy, kind of, or Troy, you or Kim, what, why is it important that we do this, especially for our kids? Well, I think for generations to come. Yeah. Uh, I'm, if we don't do it right in this generation, the next one and thereafter is affected. And I, I think a couple times ago when you and I were speaking, you know, that the thought just stood out to me, like, even though I'm not a parent in the sense of parenting my children at home anymore, um, while in this life, you know, Jesus said, suffer not the little children come unto me. And I'm thinking, that's for everyone. You know, that's not just whether or not you have kids at home, but like as a whole culture, you know, do we look after the sheep below us in the sense of, 
taking care of them. Something Karn said a minute ago, I was thinking about, you know, in this book, there's also this, the shepherds can travel for miles all over land for thousands of miles. They know where they're going because they, they've been there and they take them to the, the pastures that they know that they're going to be fed well. And I'm like, to do that, there's this, there's, you've got to not just do it by memory, but you have to be able to step back. And, and, and the title of this book, Kim asked me a question the other night about shepherding. And I looked down and the title was right there. And in that title of the book was the word watching. And I'm like, whoa, do I take the time to canvas out in the landscape in front of me in all the ways that I'm responsible to shepherd? And I think in, in a fast-paced society and the things that, Chris, you and I have spoken about quite a bit, I think we don't take the time to just discipline ourselves with this place of quietness to canvas what we're looking at in the way of where are we taking our children? You know, what are we doing with them? Are we putting them in safe pasture or are we sometimes putting them in, in harm's way? You know? Yeah, that, that's a scary thought to think through how, how, how we get distracted by sort of the noise of life and yeah. we don't really kind of pay attention to what it is that our kids, the pasture, if you will, that, that our kids yeah. are living in. And I think the terrain changes too. Oh, you know, all the, the time. You know, the ter- that's right. I mean, the terrain for us looks much different than, than what you guys are doing raising your teens right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we will continue talking about what it is that we can do as parents to shepherd the souls of our kids. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with a voice of hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guests, It's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. There are two examples of how I shepherd my children's souls. One is that I am intentional with my time and my presence near them. I make memories with them, even if it's just something simple like Saturday morning breakfast or Friday night family night movies where we watch our favorite movies and eat candy and snuggle on the couch. Another way is that I am I meet them right where they are and I love them for who they are. So this could look like just giving my oldest extra hugs and snuggles because he is empathetic and sensitive. These are just two ways of how I shepherd their souls. In our household, taking care of a child's soul looks like individualized prayer with and for the child, Um, inviting the child into 
the process of prayer, the posture of prayer, and then also um, letting them have the opportunity to pray, and then praying over them and covering them as parents apart from that individual prayer. Well, hello and welcome back to A Voice of Hope. I'm Chris Sasser along with Troy Peverall, Kim Peverall, and Karin Sasser. And we're having a conversation around how it is that we can shepherd the soul of our kids. And so, Kim, I know you've got something that is really appropriate and can lead us into the next part of our conversation. Yeah, I love I love drawing from the the well of the Old Testament, especially in Deuteronomy. It says so much. And so I just wanted to kick us off um, with this. And it's um, Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And I just think, you know, that those commands are coming to us as parents. And so it's a great way to talk about some practical ways that we can or that we do shepherd our, our children's hearts. Yeah, so let's take some time there because that's obviously where I think it's really helpful for people who are listening to be able to kind of have some practical things to hold on to. So, Troy, what are some practical ways that you would say that you, you guys either have or you would encourage people uh, to shepherd their kids? I think a couple of things. Kim did this a little a lot different than I did. She... She was very hands-on in the way of teaching, and I love how the scriptures talk about in the Proverbs, you know, kids, you know, don't lose memory of or don't forget your mother's teachings. Um, and I have, a, I have been a little more probably life uh, teaching, like when I just not putting everything in the context of the scripture says. Um, a lot of that I do do, even with my adult kids, but but more in just living life with them and uh, walking with them in a relational way. Um, but Kim has been very devoted to just like teaching in so many ways, and I've seen the effectiveness of both of those mm-hmm. and think both of those are that important. Yeah. You know, and so I think practically speaking, live practically with them, but also take the time to teach literally what the Scriptures teach. Um I think I've struck this week just with that verse, suffer not the little children. And I was thinking, suffer not, that's not kind of the kind of language that we, we use. And it actually means, you know, don't deny access to kids. Let them come to you. Um, and Jesus is the one that was saying this to, to say, don't, don't stop or hinder the kids from coming to me. Um, and then he goes on to talk about, hey, greater is none in the kingdom of heaven. And so there's got to be this principle of like, we know that 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 it's this important to the Lord. And so for us to put children more out in front and above us than our tendency is to just seek for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that to me again is a challenge. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I want I want my spiritual life to be good, you know, and so I tend to that. But do I do I remember, hey, Jesus specifically pointed at kids? You know, do I put them in the way above myself. I'll give you an incident, an incident one time when my granddaughter was, was um, younger. She was talking to me, and because of my excuses, and I talk all day, and I come, come home, and I'm, I'm not necessarily... Um, you don't want to talk anymore. Ready to talk. <laughs> and she was asking me somewhere. She was just talking to me, and I was just listening. But then she, I didn't say much, and she says, Go, Pa, speak. You know, and I'll never forget that because it was cute, but it was also just a reminder that what I have as an adult, 
is so needed to give to kids. Sometimes I don't think I credit myself enough with the goodness of God in me. And as a result, I don't, don't give what I could give. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Kim, can you remember some practical ways that you did this as your kids were growing up? Um, well, I was, I was thinking as he was speaking to what he, what he's describing is just being very present. And so we did. We were very present in our house with our kids. We loved all of their stages. I know some parents really dread um, like the teen years. We hear that a lot. And we have a lot of folks that, that come to, to the practice and fix my kid. And, and I think um, a lot of that has to do uh, with the teen years. And they don't know what to do. Um, and, and we were just um, like they would come in in the afternoon and we were home. I was home. And um, I, at the, I, I had that luxury at that time to be able to do that. I know not everyone can do that. But, um, but even not, you're given incremental incremental times in your day that you can, you can, I, I would, um, for example, if they were uh, sad in the mornings, I would write a little message on a napkin and stick it in their lunch boxes. And so when they would open it at lunch, they would see that I would draw a big heart or something like that. Or, you know, I would use a, um, a cookie cutter and, and heart out their peanut butter sandwich, you know, something like that. Just mom loves you. Um, in the afternoons, you know, we would, like I said, we would have like a snack and we would just have this time where we would circle the wagons. And then one thing that, that Troy and I did, um, we, we grew up, uh, we raised our kids up under Dr. Dobson and focus on the family. And I can't say enough about him. And so we really, really, he was really our kind of go-to. One thing that he says that I've never forgotten, I've encouraged my adult children is, make sure you have meals together. You mm-hmm. can't, in the day that we live in now, you can't have lunch together for the most part, but try to do a breakfast, try to do a dinner if you can, two meals a day. So we did. We were very good about um, our kids weren't as busy as the kids are today. Some we we did have our soccer stuff and all of that, but we did circle the wagon at the table, and everybody got to talk and everybody got to process, and that was very practical and it was very good. And and we all, yeah, we also would would pray, um, mm-hmm. you know, at at meal times, and we still do to this day, and we prayed with them at nighttime. Um, but we we also, I remember thinking, taking the kids to school when they were in high school and junior high school and high school and praying with them before they were let out of the car. Right. We would say, okay, remember who you are and whose you are. And if that was all that we could get when they were tumbling out of the car, that was enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, as, as you were talking, Kim, I was really thinking through um, a shepherd and sort of understanding the individual needs of, of each sheep that is in your flock. And that's kind of what it, you were describing that you were doing with your kids. So Karin, what about you? What are some kind of practical ways that you can, can remember, or maybe we still are trying to uh, shepherd our kids and not as well as we should, I know, but yeah, right. Exactly. Sure. Well, it's, and you know, Kim was talking about, um, just meals and for us, like our kids at the, at the end of the school day, aren't ready to debrief. They just need, they, they don't want to answer questions, but we definitely try to have dinner together as often as possible. And that always provides a great opportunity to kind of talk about what's been going on in the day or in their lives or what they're thinking. And Sometimes those look really beautiful and other times not so much. So don't want anybody to <laughs> yeah. think we have all, every dinner yeah. is this beautiful share time together. I remember we were encouraged by some friends back in, in, in Raleigh to even if it's like at 930 at night, 
have that dinner together. And so, you know, we, we, I think can sometimes push our meals a little bit later in order to be able to seize that moment. Because like you were saying, it, it does feel like a moment where we can sort of shepherd our kids. Sorry to interrupt there. Keep That's going. For sure. We felt like we were in Europe this summer as a matter we of fact, because we ate yeah. dinner at like nine o'clock every <laughs> We did. Yeah. Because somebody was coming home from work or somebody yeah. had, you know, been doing something with their friends. And instead of, you know, two eating at seven and two eating at eight 30 and, you know, quick dinner here from fast food, we were like, you know, what? we'll just all eat together at nine. And it'll be fine. So and it was. Good. It That's was. so good. Yeah. And um, just another thing, this was actually uh, my husband Sasses started this, and I love it. We, we were never great about like sitting down and having like family devotions and, and those types of things never just felt authentic for us. But at a very young age, when the kids were probably in preschool, every night Sass would get in bed with them and he would ask them four questions. He would ask them, he would, he'd start with, did you know, did you know that? And he would say, mom, your brother, sister, and I love you with all of our heart. Oh, that's great. Did you know that as much as we love you, God loves you more? Did you know that you are so special? Did you know that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength? And they would say, I know, I know, Dad. And they would say, <laughs> and they'd stop him and they'd say the questions before him. So I loved it so much. So then we came up with four new questions that we wanted to add. And this was kind of our way of imparting um, like spiritual truths. And we would say, did you know that God has a plan for your life? Did you know that part of that plan is for you to serve others? Did you know that God can make good out of any and every situation did you know that God will always be with you? Um, and we, I feel like we need to revisit that even now that they're in high yeah. school. So yeah, well, and there are four more that I can't even remember because I haven't done them enough, quite <laughs> honestly. But it was something that really early, uh, I think we, we, we did a good job of kind of instilling that, and that was part of kind of shepherding their heart. Okay, Troy, we've got about a minute or so left, and then we'll have kind of more conversation about this uh, next time together. But what, how would you kind of close this up today? I think about the verse that I think you guys were referencing, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. And that word, when he is older, actually means bearded one. And so I look at, you know, teenagers can grow a beard. You know, I'm going, all right, so these early years are like that important that this is the time of training. And I like the other, the other thought in that verse is that, and when he's older. So it's not like they're going to get it and they're going to be interested in it. Yeah, 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 Dad, I know. But the, the principle is I'm going to have be faithful and raise them when they're young because it's going to come back around yeah. at some point for their life. Yeah, that's so good. Well, hopefully today has been an encouragement uh, for you that we have been able to offer you hope, especially if you're a parent, because um, a part, you know, one of the, our big roles as parents is to shepherd the soul and the heart of our child. And so if you want uh, kind of more information, uh, you can go to agape-counseling.org or equipandencourage.com. We would love to continue to kind of uh, equip and encourage you to help you be the voice of hope to those who are in your world. So uh, thanks for listening today, and we'll talk to you again next time on A Voice of Hope.